call us on 086-000-2032. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SFM. So welcome to the third and final hour of uh, The Talking Point. You are on SFM 104-107 Nationwide. We're leading the conversation and you're always welcome to join in the conversation whenever you want on our studio line 86 2032 That's 86 The SMS line 41391. That SMS at around 50. The WhatsApp line 61 We are on Twitter Twitter. We are at SFM Radio. I'm I'm at KG Mwikids and you can hashtag SFM Talking Point. So uh, let's go here now because uh, we want to have a conversation around, uh, the, you know, the strengthening of the advocacy efforts on gender-based violence in South Africa because this morning, 1515 stakeholders within the social justice sector are convening a meeting to reflect on commitments that were made during the G. GBV Presidential Summit, the National Strategic Plan, the funding for GBVF and accessing the GBVF uh, Response Fund. In addition, the meeting is focusing on engaging uh, relevant parliamentary portfolio committees to discuss prosecutions and or strengthening of the work being done to combat gender-based violence. We're joined by Dr. Ditlari Rabele, who is the Head of Gender and a Program Manager at Mas- Sibambisane GBV program at the Foundation for Human Rights. Uh, Dr. Rabela, good morning. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Perhaps the place to start is what it is that you're going to reflect on, which are these many commitments that were made during all of these many varied things, like the GBV Presidential Summit, the National Strategic Plan, etc. What kind of commitments were made? Good morning. Good morning, KG, and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for having me. Um, so as the Foundation for Human Rights, we have this program, uh, our Gender-Based Violence Intervention Program. We call it Masibandisani. Mm-hmm. Just to emphasize the importance of collaborating. Let's join hands to fight gender-based violence. We know the president um, declared this as, as a, a pandemic, as another pandemic, and from one of his speeches, he identified several hotspots around the country and most of those areas we work in around uh, the different provinces. We work with um, community-based organizations, but also at a national level, there's um, organizations at our level that have more resources, but we, we share the, the expertise, we share the platforms and the ideas on how we can strengthen our advocacy. So the purpose of this meeting today is to say, look, there's so many organizations, some of the participants in this meeting, they flew from Cape Town, others from Durban, they're from all over the country, to say, look, we all are um, working on addressing gender-based violence, but we are working in silos. Mm. And of course, we, we appreciate that there's expertise, there's more knowledge and, and ideas on how we can strengthen our work. So we decided, let's do this, not be understanding ourselves, and sit around the table to say, how do we quickly identify areas of, of collaboration? Mm-hmm. And one of the spaces that government has created is through the yearly presidential uh, summit, which unfortunately has become more like a talk show. I would mm. say a talk show because a lot of good points are being said. There's many of the ministers who attend 
But afterwards, we don't see much implementation. Mm. GBV is, is increasing every day. We are sitting now on the case in Zinfontein with Dr. Tabobesta and Dr. Nandika, which is also in, an issue of gender-based violence. Where is the NPA access to justice for the victims of gender-based violence? Where, where is the, the challenge? Why is it that it takes so long to access um, justice? Why is the, the, the system in the health uh, department so complicated and making it difficult at times for for victims to get a medical report. So we are here gathered today from the NSP and the, the National Strategic uh, Plan on Addressing Gender-Based Violence. The president indicates that we have to protect uh, women and children. Mm. There has to be protection of, of victims. The other uh, pillar to the NSP, the National Strategic uh, plan is accountability, holding government accountable, mm. economic empowerment uh, of women. So there's so many issues that go around that which we are saying we had this uh, recent um, uh, summit here in sentence in November last year, but we don't see anything in terms of the protection of women and children, the protection of victims, um, government doesn't seem to be more accountable. The SAPS, at many times, is failing the victims. When people go to report, they say secondary, uh, uh, you know, discrimination and victimization. So we are gathered here to say, what are some of the channels we need to use? Mm. And we have identified some of them, including relevant portfolio committees in Parliament. Portfolio committees are very powerful. How do we have conversations with uh, portfolio committees? to see how we can really help government in, in accessing gender-based violence and femicide. So, I mean, following particularly the, the gender-based violence presidential summit, I mean, it, it gets televised. We mm-hmm. watch it on television. And, uh, you know, a, a, as you say, it's 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 a big talk shop. We see so many people making such mm-hmm. pivotal points from the many varied organizations that do attend. Who is supposed to um, take over the, the baton in, care, in terms of carrying over the suggestions and or recommendations that get made mm-hmm. by the ministers and the president who sit on the panel listening to everybody. Is it not uh, the Ministry for uh, Women, Children and People with Disabilities that is supposed to carry over with the work after that? So we have two two departments there and we are raising a very important question because sometimes there's duplication, sometimes there's lack of collaboration between these two departments Mm. or lack of clarity on who is doing what these departments are the Department of Social Development and the Department of Women. Those are the key departments that have to ensure that they are implemented. And from my understanding, the Department of Women deals more with the policy development, mm-hmm. policy oversight, mm-hmm. while the Department of, of Social Development has to be the one that ensures that all these recommendations, the policies are implemented. But I must admit that for many of our stakeholders gathered here and those community-based organizations that we support, there's there's not much engagement with the Department of Social Development. In cases where they fund, uh, you might be aware that uh, even the provincial government in housing has decided to reduce the amount of money that they're giving civil society organizations. So Mm. if government is reducing the funding to civil society organizations, how do we then expect them 
to do their work on raising awareness, which is very, very important, about mm. changing the attitude and, you know, beliefs, traditional stereotypes about, you know, patriarchy, that women are, are always weak, they should always be submissive, men should own women, all those kind of issues. We need resources, we need money. So if funding is cut, that is a problem. But we also know that the 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 government, the president particularly mentioned the GBVF response fund. And this is one of the key issues we are discussing here today. Where is this money sitting? Mm-hmm. How do organizations access this fund? And this is the information that we are not getting from either the Department of Social Development or the Department of But we know that this structure is there. So there's so many structures within government. Sometimes there's no collaboration or there's lack of communication, clear communication to say who is doing what, where should we go and, and demand um, resources and accountability, of course. So what we are going to do after this meeting, we are going to engage this relevant department and, of course, uh, the GBVF fund to say this is what we agreed upon at the, at the last presidential summit on GBV. And we are a few months to go to the next presidential summit. What have we achieved? Is it going to be another talk show? So we want to challenge the, the, the status quo of having this meetings, talk shows, mm. night lunches, and, and meeting old friends, then we forget and meet again in another in another summit. But just to highlight that we really, really are in a difficult uh, situation as, as a country in terms of, of gender-based violence. And, and we ha- are taking this. Sorry. At a hypothetical uh, level, uh, b- w- would it make a difference in terms of the issue of the accessing of funding if one bigger body uh, was uh, was 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 created to 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 be sort of an umbrella for all the smaller GBV issues? Because I know that the the issues are varied, and uh, we we mm. live in a country where uh, the dynamics in rural spaces are very different to the dynamics mm, in mm, urban mm, spaces. Mm, mm, uh, mm, access mm. Uh, to to, you know, uh, a lot of things is driven again ab- around where you are and what your mm-hmm. economic participation is. Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. even a degree of thinking around creating a bigger sort of centralized body uh, that fights GBV so that uh, the mm-hmm. funding issue gets channeled to one place mm-hmm. where that one place then splits the mm-hmm. money down to uh, the smaller mm-hmm. NPO? I know, I know it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's, it's, it sounds vast, but is it something that is potentially doable? I think we have enough institutions and bodies. Mm. We have enough institutions and bodies. Look at the chapter 9 institutions. Mm-hmm. We have the gender, uh, Commission for Gender Equality. Mm-hmm. We have the, the South African Human Rights Commission. We have the Office of the National um, uh, Public Protector. Mm. I mean, these institutions have sufficient resources to, to allocate to the fight uh, against gender-based violence. Yeah. The NPA, for instance, they have structures across the com- uh, the provinces, at provincial level, at district level. Mm-hmm. The Commission for Gender Equality is there in the provinces. We just need commitment and, and, and effort from across all the departments that will really, really um, assist in addressing gender-based violence. And the other issue is how do we take this uh, fight against gender-based violence to schools. 
to schools. Because we might be to schools, to, to churches, to, you to know. Churches. Yeah. Yes. And we have a problem where we uh, started engaging with uh, the South African Council of Churches. And we also were with traditional leaders. Last week we had a meeting with a network of royal princesses mm. from across the, the different kingdoms in, in our country because we, we want to see how then they can be assisted with resources because with, with our... Do- Dr. Rabene, let me ask you to mm-hmm. pause your thoughts. I am, I'm forced to go to a commercial break, but I'll allow you okay. to finish your, your, your train of thought when we come back mm-hmm. from break. Okay. It's 11.22. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. It's 11.24. You're listening to SAFM and we're having a conversation around the issue of strengthening, the issue of of, of, of advocacy, uh, advocacy efforts on gender-based violence because this morning 15 stakeholders within the social justice sector is convening a meeting to reflect on commitments made during the GBV presidential summit and the national strategic plan, the funding for GBVF and and the accessing the GBF response fund. In addition, the meeting is focusing on engaging relevant parliamentary portfolio committees to discuss prosecutions and strengthening the work being done to combat gender-based violence in our country. And we're having this conversation with Dr. Ritlar Rabele, who's the head of gender and program manager at the Foundation for Human Rights under the umbrella of the Masibambisane GBV program. And maybe let's go to the issue of uh, prosecutions, uh, Doc, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, prosecutions. Where mm-hmm. is there even any progress being made regards prosecutions, and and how are we doing in terms of conviction rates? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not very, um, you know, in a way, it, it, it's not encouraging. Things are moving slowly, and I think we need, firstly. One of the issues that we are also discussing is how to how do we strengthen the SAPS? We have a challenge with the measurement of GBV in our community. Mm. For instance, something that happens in your home, you may report and then you go and withdraw the case, or you don't want to report, but we are aware that there's violations happening in the household. Mm. So it's about strengthening the capacity of the SAPS, then there's the health department. Then the, the, the MPA and the court. Some of the challenges would be that uh, the, the victims have to travel several times back and forth, mm. especially in the rural areas with limited financial resources, and people just end up giving up on access to justice. In other cases, it's about the health and the medical kids. If it's not done properly, the MPA cannot prosecute. So all these issues mean. We need to bring these departments together, and that's something we're going to do later this month to say, where can we strengthen this process? Because access to justice is so so slow in in in, in our country throughout the many provinces, but the GDV cases keep on increasing, and hence why we are sitting here to say, how can we uh, support? the work of the MPA, how do we support the work of the court, but also, most importantly, victims and witnesses. If there are no witnesses, then a case cannot be taken forward. So these are some of the issues that we also need to strengthen our our awareness raising work in the community so that people know that they should report yeah. the violence and then 
We should help them with follow-up. We have community-based organizations that we have given capacity. We call them uh, GBV monitors who report the incidences to the police to say these are the numbers because with lack of clear measurement and statistics, you might be aware also when the Minister of Police gives crime state, not very clear out of all of those, how many of, of those crime states we can just say these are gender-based violence-related cases. So that's, that's an issue of measurement which then makes it difficult to, to see whether it's effective prosecution. And yeah. these are some of the issues that we're really uh, trying to get to the bottom of. You, you also want to engage um, relevant uh, parliamentary portfolio committees, mm-hmm. I suppose, mm-hmm. to assess the appetite for mm-hmm. dealing mm-hmm. with this thing decisively. Do you want to tell me which portfolio committees at this point you are uh, mulling around engaging and why those uh, portfolio committees? Okay, the, the two portfolio committees would be the one that deals a lot with health, Mm-hmm. The SAPS and, and crimes will also need to do with finance and uh, you know issues around social development and, and women and children's rights because these are the relevant institutions. Mm. Treasury and finance are very important because now it brings the issue of access to resources. Mm-hmm. If state institutions such as the Commission for Gender Equality have the resources, are they able to engage with communities in terms of supporting um, community-based organizations, traditional le- leaders to, to raise awareness? And, you know, do we have a, a measure in which some of these portfolio committees, such as the police, mm. can be given more capacity? So we, we also want to understand where are their challenges. And the good part of the uh, engaging portfolio committees is that a portfolio committee is made up of members from different political parties. Yeah. And then if we sit around, we might be able to mobilize those that can help influence the, the, the government, uh, the ruling party and the minister to take certain decisions. And also bearing in mind that not all these people, honorable members in parliament, are aware of the social issues and the impact as like us as researchers, as people who are on the ground. So mm. making them aware of some of these issues and suggesting interventions, but most importantly, the implementation of the legislation and if there is any need where legislation uh, need to be um, revised, those are the, the recommendations we could make. And that takes a while because it's also about political will mm. in that you could have one minister in one portfolio, um, in, in one ministry who's willing to engage, but then there's, you know, reshuffle, then you get a minister who doesn't have an appetite for that. Or, as we are going ahead to the 2024 elections, the, the interest, the appetite on, on addressing the social ills, you know, gets less as politicians now are out there in in the communities to engage. So engaging uh, government or, or, or portfolio committees because they are the ones who make legislation. Mm-hmm. We, we're not going to see the results as in, in a few days' time, but it's important to start uh, 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 that process so that at least we, we have networks of engagement we can put a little bit of pressure on all these state institutions. But yeah. what is critical is the implementation of the the agreed resolutions from the presidential summit 
the allocation of resources to yeah. relevant departments and particularly supporting the, the shelters that house uh, victims of gender-based violence because if they stay in the same houses, they end up being killed. Yeah, and, and maybe be... and maybe let, let's mm-hmm. talk around that, around support and uh, also mm-hmm. the training of police and uh, the dealing with the issues of secondary vi- victimization, Victim- psychological mm-hmm. support uh, mm-hmm. in a short while, because I just have to go to news headlines. Mm-hmm. We're talking yes. uh, strengthening advocacy efforts uh, for mm-hmm. GBV with uh, Dr. Uh, Dikar Rabele, head of uh, the of uh, and program manager at the Foundation for Human Rights. Uh, under the Masbambisane GBV program. It's 11.31. Dineo Mutaung is standing by with the news headlines. You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. Welcome back. Strengthening the advocacy efforts on gender-based violence. There's many things uh, to to it, uh, Dr. Rabele. Uh, you know, the, the support of victims, uh, the mm-hmm. training of police. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking about it in the morning that most of the time uh, women don't even, or women or men who are victims of GBV don't even open cases anymore because mm-hmm. police are not adequately trained mm-hmm. to deal with the problem of, uh, of, of, um, of GBV. And then mm-hmm. there's degrees of second secondary victimization of mm-hmm. uh, people mm-hmm. who may even have laid a sexual harassment case in a working yeah. environment uh, but mm-hmm. that case can be properly proved but they have to continue mm-hmm. working with mm-hmm. the person who uh, you know uh, they feel victimized by and then there's the issue of the psychosocial support mm-hmm. uh, there, mm-hmm. there are so mm-hmm. many layers are you mm-hmm. going to reflect on those uh, layers mm-hmm. with the, mm-hmm. the, the the stakeholders that you're meeting with this morning? Yes, definitely. So let me start first with the psychosocial support. Amongst our networks, there are organizations that specialize in, in giving uh, psychosocial support. Mm. So after we identify victims, we then refer them to, to, to the psychologist. And, you know, it, that, that's a process. It challenges that. It's, it's a process one doesn't get over... The, 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 the pain or the harassment just in a day. That also depends on, on resources such mm. as the number of psychologists that we have versus the number of, of victims. Are you still there, Dr. Rabele? That uh, we will laugh at, at them. I mean, at, a, at your workplace, if somebody is being uh, violated at home, they may not want to open up to you, ask for help, to say, hey, KG, where can I seek help? I'm being violated at home. So it goes back to raising awareness for people to firstly report and then identifying those uh, areas, the, the service providers. That's what we are doing in the communities where we work, psychosocial support. And the, the issue of training of SAPS officials is, is a very, very, very important one. They need to strengthen the gender units within the, the police station. But most of the officials you get, they, they, they would rather be playing on their phones. They don't seem to be compassionate or just understanding. I think there's, there's also that mindset that we need to, to change. You see, the SAP is like any other security sector, is highly male-dominated. Mm. So there's that patriarchal Patriarchy. stereotype and way of doing things that we need to dismantle mm-hmm. in our state institutions so mm. that if, if I go there and report that my husband is abusing me, I shouldn't be asked 
So why did you arrive home late? I mean, mm. if I arrive oh, home oh, why home are you wearing that skirt? Exactly. Why are you wearing the mini skirt? I mean, it doesn't give anyone a right to violate me. Mm. And that's not a question I would be expecting from, from the police. So th- these are some of the issues we, we are engaging with a number of uh, uh, provincial com- police commissioners, particularly the Western Cape, mm-hmm. if I can mention uh, advocate, uh, particularly they do wonderful work in support of uh, the men to end gender-based violence. But we need to get it at the national level and die and get a buy-in, which is a, a challenge. Lastly, on, on shelters, we work with other organizations such as the National uh, Shelter Movement mm-hmm. that also take in women and children. But that is also limited in terms of how long can you keep this woman and her two kids here while there are others who are coming in and you don't want this woman to go back to the abuser. Mm. That's where we also started uh, conversations with uh, the COCTA department to say, how can we fast track some of the, the, the processes that can ensure that these women are given you know, support in terms of the capacity, uh, economic empowerment, not just beading or you know, dressmaking, Skills that are needed in this in this lifetime. Mm. For instance, are we able to get these women to a driving school? Yeah. So that they get a license that they can apply to be a driver at, at any institution mm-hmm. and, and be, you know, economically uh, dependent. And of course we need private sector to also support uh, some of these initiatives to address gender based violence because even within their institutions there are people who are violated, but they can play a role. If you have an employee who's, who's not well because they are suffering at home, then that's going to affect the production at your company. So it's, it's a big, big issue, and uh, we'll continue this conversation, and, and I hope we'll be able to invite you again to one of our, our sessions. In in terms of support, um, you know, uh, uh, that that uh, the organizations get from the Commission for Gender Equality, uh, is there enough support and is the work of uh, the Commission for Gender Equality penetrating the problem of GBV or are they really, uh, you know, focused on the work of, advocates, of advocating for the equality of the sexes? I... I honestly don't know how much of the support they give. Mm-hmm. But I know of a number of the organizations that we support in different provinces that get money from the Department of Social Development. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that they just give in money. There's no capacity building in terms of how do you sustain this uh, program? How do you report so that you can, you know, your finances are in order so that even when you apply to a donor such as you know, the external world, they can see that your reports are credible. So I think the Department of, of, of Social Development is to do more mm. to increase the capacity of these organizations, not just give them money and there's no follow-up in terms of how do they manage the resources, how do they even implement. So I, I think there's, there's a lot that the social department has to do. Yeah. And concerns have been raised with uh, the cut down of funding, especially in the province. And I'm aware that some of our colleagues are meeting with the premier. So yeah. if, if that is the challenge, then 
the organizations on the ground cannot be able to do uh, much, like especially those in the in the rural rural areas. So, I mean, uh, Dr. Ravelle, so when today's meeting is done and dusted and uh, you're tidying up and uh, closing uh, up the venue, when you reflect, you will say the, 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 the meeting was successful if what was achieved? Okay. I would say the meeting would have been successful if we managed to identify key areas where we can collaborate. I would say it's successful if we pick up some of the issues, critical issues that we want to start advocating for towards the, the 2023 presidential uh, summit on GBV and have that agreement to say we are going to the to the summit as one voice. Mm. These are the advocacy asks. These are the issues that we are going to demand accountability on from the previous um uh, meeting. Summit. Mm-hmm. The summit. other issue is on popularizing the national strategic uh, plan on, on gender-based violence. We have so many good policies, but mm-hmm. our people don't even know that this has, this these documents are there and what this means for them. So I'll be happy if we agree on how we simplify the, the NSP and popularize it using indigenous languages because it's not helpful to have this big document in English and then I'm taking it to Papua. No mm. one would have the time and, and so we need to come up with strategies and most importantly for us as organizations gathered here, I'll be happy if we agree on how we will share our resources in terms of finances and and personnel to contribute to, to this uh, collective uh, work that we do. And I'll also finally be happy if we are able to get more information from amongst themselves on how civil society organizations from across the country can have access to the GBZF response fund, which mm. unfortunately for now seems to be uh, accessible to only a limited organization. It's sitting here in, in Johannesburg. I don't know where that money is. What of one organization in the R and the Northern Cape. So we will, if we have answers to those questions, I will be very happy to say the yeah. meeting went well. Okay. And uh, contact details for the Foundation for Human Rights or uh, the uh, Masbamba and GBV program for any uh, organization that may be listening to us in uh, the remotest part of South Africa and they would like to somehow mm-hmm. uh, join hands and be a part of uh, this bigger movement. Okay, so I would say if they can go on our social media platforms, if they can check on the Foundation for Human Rights website on the www.fhr.org.za, they could also find us on Twitter, on on Instagram, and uh, info. They can write directly at info at fhr. Dot org, dot ZA. And uh, the telephone office line is 011 
Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Rabele, and good luck for the meeting today. And uh, we'll be watching the presidential summit uh, to see whether uh, the outcomes that uh, you desired in the meeting uh, came to pass. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. You too. Uh, Dr. Dikar Rabele, Head of Gender and Program Manager at the Masbambisana GBV Program of the Foundation for Human Rights. A lot of contact details I have to give you before I go. First, regards that uh, Sasa conversation that we had earlier. So if you have complaints, you email grantenquiries at sasa.gov.za. That's Grant inquiries at sasa.gov.za. If your inquiries relate to the Post Bank, you call 0800 53 The Post Bank inquiries 0800 53 The Sasa call center is 0800 60 1011. 0800 60 1011 for Sasa uh, call center. Thank you to the producers of the show, Lebu Mosoyo Kanya Bonani. It was Mpo who was uh, very uh, uh, much our driver for today. We thank him. And uh, don't forget, update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo. And uh, the book reading now is I Am a Man. It's written and narrated by Dr. Jerimu Fugeng Wamacheta.